0: Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. 2 And all these blessings shall come upon thee, and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now Moses is telling them how they will be blessed if they obey the law of the Lord. When you obey by faith, which is the only way you can obey, your faith gets stronger with more practice, so it actually becomes easier and easier to obey God's law, the longer you do it. Because your faith becomes stronger. You see how he's taking you through things, then you have more faith every time he takes you through something or out of something. For instance, when I first got saved, God told me to stop watching movies, and I was completely addicted to movies, and I actually kind of laughed and I thought, Okay God, I will stop by faith, but you know I'm addicted. So I canceled my Netflix account, And the devil told me, It's okay, you can open up that account tomorrow when you want to watch a movie again. And I told the devil, You know what, I'm making a commitment, so I'm expecting that God will help me not to go back to this. So I went ahead and canceled it. And sure enough, two weeks later, my addiction to movies was completely gone. He miraculously took it away from me. Now during that two weeks, I thought about movies every now and then, but I never opened up the account. Again, and I didn't watch any. And when the two weeks was over, I was completely free. I never wanted to watch a movie again. It was amazing, it was a miracle. And because he took me out of that addiction, then the next time he asked me to do something, I'm like, oh yeah, I know this is going to be easy because you're going to do it in me. I don't have to do it by willpower, you're going to do it for me through faith. So then I really expected and trusted him the next time around when he told me to give something else up. And that's how faith works, and that's how God cleans up our lives. We trust him in one area, and then that makes our faith stronger, and we can trust him in another area, another area, and it just keeps going, and we become more more and more righteous in our behaviors. 3. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. This means you'll prosper in the city, and you'll prosper in the country. 4. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy land, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thine kine, which is cows, and the young of thy flock, which is sheep. He's saying you will be fruit, you will have your own children, and your crops will will have lots of increase and grow, and your cattle and your flocks will also have lots of children. And this is if you are obedient. 5 Blessed shall be thy basket and thy kneading trough. You will have lots of bread. 6 Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. You will be safe when you come home, and you will be safe when you leave. 7 The Lord will cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thee. They shall come out against thee one way, and shall flee before thee seven ways. Back in this time he was talking about the pagans fighting the Israelites. But our enemies today are demons. The demons will come against us, that is a guarantee because Satan wants to destroy us, but Jesus in us will scatter them in totally different directions. We will have his bread of life that always satisfies us, we will always have his words that make us never spiritually hungry. When we go out to preach the gospel, and when we come back home to rest in peace, we will be safe. We will have an increase in our lives because we will lead other people to salvation, we will have a bigger spiritual family as we lead other people to Christ. 8. The Lord will command the blessing with thee in thy barns, and in all that thou puttest thy hand unto, he will bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Even their barns, their farms, will all do well, as long as they obey the Lord. 9. The Lord will establish thee for a holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways. We're called to be holy. We're not called to keep sinning and just Think, oh, the Father only looks at Jesus on the cross. That is not in the Bible anywhere. But there's so many churches that teach that, that God is okay with your sin because he's ignoring it or he can't see it. That is nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere. We're called to be holy because our God is holy. 10. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that the name of the Lord is called upon thee, and they shall be afraid of thee. Have you ever noticed how a Christian in the workplace, no one wants to swear around them? No one wants to do anything evil in front of them, or share evil gossip in front of them. When you know that somebody is living in righteousness, you have a fear of God, because God is in that person. And so you do fear God when you are near them. If a Christian walks in the room who is definitely a righteous person, all the gossip stops, all the bad language stops. This is the fear of the Lord. 11 And the Lord will make thee overabundant for good in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy land and in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers to give thee. Now our abundance is spiritual abundance in the new covenant. We may not be rich materially but we're rich in the spirit we have the abundant fruit of the spirit that the new testament talks about we have patience in abundance we have long-suffering in abundance we have faith in abundance and then we also have the gifts of the spirit in abundance we are able to pray for the sick and they get healed we're able to preach the gospel we're able to Prophesy, and I don't mean the fake prophecy that you see today, which is basically fortune telling. Prophecy is when you extol the name of Jesus, and when you exhort people to repent of their sins. That's the heart of prophecy. Prophecy is not saying, Oh, God's going to give you a great career this year in 2022. That's not prophecy, that's fortune telling. We will have these gifts in abundance when we obey the Lord. 12 The Lord will open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain of thy land in its season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow. The treasure of heaven is the rain. They'll get the rain, they'll get the sunshine, they'll get the snow, they'll get everything they need for their food, and they won't have to borrow from other nations. 13. And the Lord will make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe to do them. Now here's another example where pastors only take half the verse and proclaim it, and they Completely ignore the other half of the verse. In the Word of Faith churches and a lot of the Charismatic churches, they will constantly say the first half of this verse, but they'll never tell you the second half. All of God's promises are conditional. Every single promise in both Old and New Testament is conditional on our obedience. So in the first half of the verse, which is what the Charismatics will tell you, is that you will be the head and not the tail. But they'll tell you that whether you're sinning or not. And even if they know that you're living a life of sin, they'll still proclaim that over you. But the second half of the verse says, if there's a condition, if you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord. And that's the part that they never quote and this is true in so many churches, not just charismatic churches. They pronounce the blessing and they never pronounce the condition. It goes in the same verse or the very next verse. We need to read the whole Bible and read it in context and not just put our faith in one phrase that is only half of a sentence. God gave us all the information we need, there is always an if in there. It isn't because he doesn't love us, but why would he bless sin? Why would he glorify sin? He's a holy God. He's never going to glorify sin. 14. And shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. We can't mix New Age into our theology, which a lot of people do. A lot of people have a mix of Bible verses and New Age and Buddha and this and that and Joseph Smith and all this other stuff. If your beliefs include karma and mindfulness, all that New Age stuff, Your beliefs are not Christian. They are not biblical. So don't turn to the right or the left. Stay on the narrow path. Only believe what the Bible says. Don't put your faith in anything else. This is another reason why we need to read the Bible because people hear things that sound good to them, like karma, and they'll say, oh yeah, karma this, karma that. And they don't even realize it's not in the scripture at all. And they get led astray and they put their faith in that. It's from Eastern religion. The only way to know the truth is to read the Bible for ourselves, because you won't learn truth a lot of times in church, because your pastor doesn't know the Bible any better than you do a lot of times. The pastor I have now is awesome, but many pastors really don't know the scriptures, and when they're up there, they're ad-libbing, and they're saying nice things, but they're not really saying the truth. So you have to read the Bible for yourself, so that you will know what the truth is, and you won't be led astray on all these religious rabbit trails. 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and its statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee, and overtake thee. 16. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. When I lived in sin, I was miserable everywhere I went, and I got taken advantage of everywhere I went. 17 Cursed shall be thy basket, and thy kneading trough. 18 Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, and the young of thy flock. 19 Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. When I lived in sin, I was just as miserable and alone in my own home as I was out in public. But when I became born again, my home became my sanctuary. The presence of the Lord is here, I'm loved, I feel that, and I know that. And when I go out, I feel the same presence of God everywhere. And it's just beautiful. 20. The Lord will send upon thee cursing, discomfiture, and rebuke in all that thou puttest thy hand unto, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the evil of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Before I became born again, everything I tried failed. But now that I am born again, all my needs are met, and now I am a success in Christ. Because He has me doing things to share His gospel, and now I have a purpose and fulfillment in my life. 21. The Lord will make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest in to possess it. Pestilence could be like a physical disease, which a lot of times sin does cause physical disease, especially with sexual diseases, or an addiction can cause you to get heart disease or obesity or lung cancer, or mental illness, if you take drugs, you can become mentally ill. And pretty much everybody who takes drugs does suffer from some level of mental illness. And that's like a pestilence in your life. 22. The Lord will smite thee with consumption, and with fever, and with inflammation, and with fiery heat, and with drought, and with blasting, and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Consumption is when you waste away. Now, today in America, almost everybody is suffering from inflammation. Inflammation causes nearly every disease. And we all have inflammation because there's so much pollution in our diet. Healing, spiritually and physically, only comes from the Lord. 23. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. So you won't have comfort. And that's how people feel spiritually when they're caught up in sin. 24. The Lord will make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. That's what we see today all around the world, including the USA. Tons of drought. Drought is everywhere, and it's massive because of our sins. 25 The Lord will cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies, thou shalt go out one way against them, and shalt flee seven ways before them, and thou shalt be a horror unto all the kingdoms of the earth. By horror, it means that they won't want to have anything to do with you because they don't want to get your problems. We don't want to make alliances with them because everything they do goes up in smoke. In the blessing, it said your enemies would come to you, but they would scatter in seven different directions. Now it says that when you go out to battle, you're the one who will scatter in seven different directions. 26. And thy carcasses shall be food with all fowls of the earth, and unto the beasts of the earth, and there shall be none to frighten them away. Which means you will have a shameful burial. You won't be buried properly. 27. The Lord will smite thee with the boil of Egypt, and with the emeralds, and with a scab, and with the itch, whereof thou canst not be healed. And we actually have diseases like this today. Diabetes makes you your skin itch, and a lot of the sexual diseases are similar to boils, and emeralds, and scabs, because they cause sores on your skin. 28. The Lord will smite thee with madness, and with blindness, and with astonishment of heart. 29 And thou shalt grope at noonday, as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not make thy ways prosperous, and thou shalt be only oppressed, and robbed alway. and there shall be none to save thee. You know, when you are living in sin, so many people can take advantage of you. People who are caught up in drugs, they are taken advantage of night and day by everyone around them. They get robbed, people do all kinds of terrible things to them. Sin does cause oppression. 30 Thou shalt betroth the wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not use the fruit thereof. And It's a situation where everything you do fails, and that's because of sin. Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass shall be violently taken away from before thy face, and shall not be restored to thee. Thy sheep shall be given unto thine enemies, and thou shalt have none to save thee. 32 Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look, and fell with longing for them all the day, and there shall be naught in the power of thy hand. Which means your children will be given out to slavery. This is true if you live in sin, your children become slaves to sin, and the demons control their lives. Instead of them being in charge of their own lives, demons are leading them around by the nose. So that is another reason why, if we are parents, we definitely want to walk in righteousness. I am not saying your life will be perfect if you walk in righteousness, because Satan will keep attacking you. And again, God will let you suffer to test your faith sometimes. And God will be silent sometimes. You will cry out to him and you will not hear his voice. And that is because He's testing. Are you still going to love him, even when you are in distress? So our lives won't be perfect if we walk in righteousness, but we will definitely not be walking in curse. We will occasionally get attacked by Satan, we'll occasionally get tested by the Lord, but it will just make our faith stronger. 34. So that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see. 35. The Lord will smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore boil, whereof thou canst not be healed, from the sole of thy foot unto the crown of thy head. 36. The Lord will bring thee and thy kingdom, whom thou shalt set over thee unto a nation that thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, and there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. And this actually does happen to Israel. They get hauled off to Babylon for a really long time because of their sin. 37. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all the peoples, whither the Lord shall lead thee. And then Israel kind of got abandoned at one point, and then they came back in 1947, I think it was. But that was all because of sin. They wouldn't accept Jesus as their Messiah. And today there's still a lot of turmoil in and around Israel for the same reason. Because they won't repent of their sins and acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. 38. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, and shalt gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. 39. Thou shalt plant vineyards, and dress them, but thou shalt neither drink of the wine, nor gather the grapes, for the worm shall eat them. 40. Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy borders, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for thine olives shall drop off. 41. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be thine, for they shall go into captivity. 42. All thy trees and the fruit of thy land shall the locust possess. Today a lot of people, their children aren't theirs because their children abandon them to follow the world. But often it's because the parent is in sin and they don't teach righteousness to their child, and then their child abandons them. 42. All the trees and the fruit of thy land shall the locust possess. 43. The stranger that is in the midst of thee shall mount up above thee higher and higher, and thou shalt come down lower and lower. Evil people will get promoted, and you won't go anywhere. 44. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. See, they never quote this verse, do they? But that verse is in the same chapter as the other verse we just read. And this is what happens when you live in sin. They don't tell you that part. 45. And all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed. Because thou didst not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. 46. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. Because thou didst not serve the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart, by reason of the abundance of all things. 48 Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemy whom the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger, and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck, until he have destroyed thee. When we refuse to repent, after a while we have a yoke on our neck from the demons, and they completely control and oppress our lives. And then we have depression, anger, addiction, messed up relationships, a messed up life, We have no peace in our home, and that is all because of the yoke of sin that is on our neck. 49 The Lord will bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth, as the vulture swoopeth down, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. And so that was Babylon. 50 A nation of fierce countenance, that shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. They won't even be merciful to the weak and the helpless. 51 And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy ground, until thou be destroyed, that also shall not leave thy corn, wine, or oil, the increase of thine kind, or the young of thy flock, until he have caused thee to perish. So that nation Babylon would come in and eat all of their food. 52. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, until thy high and fortified walls come down, wherein thou didst trust throughout all thy land, and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Now in Masada, that was a situation where the Israelites were besieged. There was another time in Elijah the prophet's time when a city got besieged and they ate their own babies because they were so hungry, and it was because of their sin. 52. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, which is eating your own kids, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, whom the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege and in the straightness, wherewith thine enemies shall straighten thee. This is a curse, this is from sin. 54. The man that is tender among you, and very delicate, his eye shall be evil against his brother, and against the wife of his bosom, and against the remnant of his children, whom he hath remaining. That means that even the most gentle loving, kind man, will eat his own children, and attack his own wife to survive, because they will be so desperate. 55. So that he will not give to any of them the flesh of his children whom he shall eat, because he hath nothing left him, in the siege and in the straightness, wherewith thine enemy shall straighten thee in all thy gates he will eat his own children, and not share the meat with his wife. The tender and delicate woman among you, who would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground, for delicateness and tenderness, her eyes shall be evil against the husband of her bosom, and against her son, and against her daughter, fifty-seven, and against her afterbirth that cometh out from between her feet, and against her children whom she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things secretly, in the siege and in the straitness wherewith thine enemy shall straighten thee in thy gates. So she'll eat her own afterbirth, she'll eat her babies that come out, and she'll even possibly murder her own family members to eat them. And this is the most delicate, gentle lady. 58. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and awful name, the name thy God. 59. Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sickness, and of long continuance. They will have terrible diseases that will last maybe months, years. 60. And he will bring back upon thee all the diseases of Egypt which thou wast in dread of, and they shall cleave unto thee. So these are the plagues of Egypt, and the diseases that the Egyptians had because of their perversion. 61. Also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring upon thee, until thou be destroyed. Even more plagues that they have never heard of. Don't we have a lot of plagues today? We have Ebola, Covid, we have all kinds of sexual diseases, we have cancer, and all kinds of, because of our sin. 62. And ye shall be left few in number, whereas ye were as the stars of heaven, for multitude, because thou didst not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. 63. And it shall come to pass, that as the Lord rejoiced over you, to do you good, and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you, to cause you to perish, and to destroy you. And ye shall be plucked from off the land, whither thou goest in to possess it. They will be few in number, they won't be able to multiply, and we also have that today where people are not multiplying anymore. Because of abortion, sex changes, birth control, and just a lot of people not being married, not being able to find a mate, the birth rate has really slowed down drastically. And God will actually be pleased to punish us when we refuse to stop sinning. 64. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all peoples, from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, even wood and stone. And that did happen to the Israelites. They are all throughout the earth. They are everywhere. They got scattered. 65. And among these nations, shalt thou have no repose, and there shall be no rest for the soul of thy feet, but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart, and a failing of eyes, and a languishing of soul. See, when they went to Spain, they had the Inquisition, and then they had to pretend that they were Catholic to avoid getting killed and tortured. And there's been other places, you know, when they were in Germany, in World War II, if they couldn't escape Germany, then they got killed and tortured. There's been a lot of times where the Israelites have been persecuted in other nations, and it's because they're a sign to the world. They're a special sign, which means they get blessed above everybody when they obey God, and they get cursed far below everybody when they don't obey God. 66 And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear night and day, and shalt have no assurance of thy life. They will be constantly in fear that they are going to be annihilated. 67 In the morning thou shalt say, would it were even Meaning evening, and at even thou shalt say, Would it were morning, for the fear of thy heart which thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see. So, for instance, during the World War II time, they never knew when the Gulag or whatever was going to show at their door, if it was going to be daytime or nighttime, so they were always afraid. 68, And the Lord shall bring thee back into Egypt in ships by the way whereof I said unto thee, Thou shalt see it no more again. And there, Ye shall sell yourselves unto your enemies for bondmen and for bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. They will be so desperate for food that they will try to go back to Egypt to sell themselves as slaves and nobody will buy them. They will have no options. And that is humiliating. 69 These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. Moab is getting closer to Canaan, but Horeb was on the southern tip of that peninsula where they got the law the first time. And that concludes Deuteronomy chapter 28.